Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode, what number of episodes is this? 58. 58 of Stands and Fits, presented by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. We had a guest this week. We do. Well, coming up, technically. Well, yeah, so I'm saying coming up on the show, we ha- you interviewed. <laughs> I did. A guest. Mackenzie Heddens. Yes, she uh, is a graduate of the MBA program, so we'll get to talk to her a little bit and get her thoughts on you know, her, her uh, career path and her uh, thoughts on Iowa State basketball as well. And then we will wrap up the show with some of our thoughts on Iowa State basketball following a disastrous performance by the Cyclones in Austin. Yeah, we got hooked. Hook, they hooked us. Hooked them. I'm making a joke, Jared. Laugh, no, please. No, 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 I, I get it. I, uh, all right, well, <laughs> here's uh, Fitzy's interview with Mackenzie Heddens. And then we'll talk to you guys on the other side of that here on Stands and Fits, presented by the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State in the Carl Chevrolet Studios. I have a special guest here on this today's edition of Stands and Fits. Uh, Mackenzie Heddens is on. Uh, she was a graduate of the MBA program at Iowa State. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Mackenzie. Thanks so much for having me. So uh, you go by Mac, I, I do. hear, correct? Yes. So <laughs> is, that a, is that a childhood name or is that... Uh, come around recently or yeah, what happened no, it's something i think i grew into when i was maybe in i don't know high school or something so very I just good prefer to go that way so then you mentioned high school what was what was your background can you tell me a little bit about yourself yeah so i guess i'll start off from the beginning um i was actually born and raised in ames iowa so i truly do bleed cardinal and gold um you know i've been going to games since i was a kid and attended the women's basketball camps back in the days of Stacy Freeze and Angie Welly, if you remember them. But um, yeah, so I actually went to school at Gilbert um, High School just north of Ames. And, uh, you know, I know one of the questions you're interested in is what did I study and, or, you know, what classes did I excel in? And, and to be honest, like, I didn't really like school that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I was fine at it, but, you know, nothing that really perked my interest. And you and I hold that in common. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. And being you know, from a smaller school, you have the opportunity to play in all the sports there. So I really took advantage of those opportunities instead. So then I know you went to Iowa State for your undergrad. Uh, what kind of made you, did you just decide to stay home and that was the appeal of going to Iowa State or were there other factors too? Yeah, no, I definitely didn't want to stay home. I think I moved out of my parents' house like the day after our high school graduation. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> so I was like ready to get out of there. Um, but no, you know, it's funny. I actually didn't think I wanted to go to college, um, when I was in high school and I I don't really know what it was that changed my mind, but I ended up visiting all of the, um, three public universities and knew right away. I wasn't gonna, you know, betray my soul and become a Hawkeye. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That'd be tough to do. That would be tough. Um, and so Iowa State just really fit the bill. I, I ended up becoming interested in the journalism program and uh, you know, Iowa State was known for having a good program there, and that's what I went with. So Gotcha. So then I know you you, you said you don't like or you didn't like school uh, mm-hmm. growing up, but like <laughs> were you were you good in writing classes and that kind of what, what swayed you to go into journalism? Yeah, then? yeah. It's funny you say that. I, you know, I never thought I was good at writing per se, but my grandmother always said I was so good at writing and um, then kind of found out I had a knack for it without realizing it. And, um, you know, when I was in school, when I was younger... Katie Kirk was like the biggest thing ever. And so I thought, oh, you know, I could do that. I'd like to, I'd like to be um, a news anchor like her. And actually started out in broadcast and um, it was all right, but I kind of hated it and switched to PR, um, Mm -hmm. which they didn't have that major at the time. But so that's what I focused 
Gotcha. So then uh, you graduated and then what happened from there? Yeah. Um, so I actually landed a job out at the Washington Center in Washington, D.C. Um, I had a lot of background in politics and, uh, you know, interned for various groups, both on the reporting side and also the political side. But um, so the Washington Center was an education nonprofit where we took uh, college students to work at the presidential national conventions in 2012, both in Tampa and Charlotte. And so that was a really neat experience. Um, it was actually contract based and, um, I was lucky enough to get offered a full-time job, but ultimately decided to come back to Iowa. Uh, you know, which is funny. A lot of, a lot of people I think are like me where they can't wait to get out of Iowa. And mm. then once you do, you kind of realize how great it really is. So, yeah. You know, I came back. Um, it actually ended up being football season when my contract was up, and I spent a couple hundred extra bucks to switch my flight <laughs> to make it home for the football game. And, nice. And uh, landed a, a job here um, at Iowa State University, actually in the president's office doing government relations. So. Gotcha. And then uh, eventually you decided to go back into the MBA program. So mm -hmm. then what, what was your thinking uh, that kind of persuaded you to do that? Yeah. Um, so I was you know, working in government affairs for a couple years and just really felt like I wanted more of a challenge. And, you know, working for the university, you get the benefit of tuition reimbursement, although definitely not all of it. Yeah. <laughs> just some, but... Um, any bit helps though. Yeah, any bit does help. So I decided to take um, advantage of that opportunity and um, originally actually wasn't even going to get my MBA. I was looking at a couple other programs and my, my supervisors really encouraged me to get my MBA, you know, to to diversify my skill set and offer, um, you know, management skills. So I did end up going that way. And it really, you know, was one of the best decisions I think I've ever made. Mm -hmm. So then once you got your MBA, did that noticeably open up some more doors that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten? Yeah, definitely. It definitely did. Um, you know, I, I was lucky. I, I pursued the professional MBA program, which is actually down in Des Moines, which sounds in some ways counterintuitive, but you know, catering the young professionals. Des Moines has a great market for that. Um, but so I, uh, I decided to pursue my MBA professional, but I kept my career the whole time. So that was kind of tough, you know, working full time and also um, going to school, taking anywhere from, you know, nine to 12 credits at a time. And that was my choice. Not everyone has to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely after the program, doors opened up um, and actually just in September. So I finished my MBA in spring of 2018. And just September of 18, decided to uh, switch jobs, switch careers a little bit. Gotcha. So then uh, tell me about that job shift then. What, yeah. what was that? Yeah. So I now work for a public affairs consulting firm in West Des Moines called Strategic Elements. Uh, we are hiring for interns and full-time employees, by the way. So I'll throw that plug in there. There you go. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's really great. It's kind of that mix of the PR world, the communications world, um, the politics, of course. And so I'm really enjoying it there. And uh, just in the few months that I've worked there now, I was able to climb the ranks to director of accounts. And so, you know, I think one of the things people often ask me is, you know, financially, do you think the investment in pursuing your MBA was worth it? And for me, I can say it definitely was. Mm -hmm. So then I know I'm kind of in this boat. Uh, you know, it's, it's crossed my mind to go back and get my MBA. And like you, I, I, I would work a full-time job while doing it. Yeah. So then how does that work then for your schedule? Can you explain what it was like uh, doing that as more of a, a side thing as opposed to going, you know, headfirst and doing it a full-time? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I consider myself pretty focused on my career, so there was no way I was going to take, you know, two years off to, to pursue a master's degree. Um, I realized some people go about it a lot differently. Uh, the Des Moines, or excuse me, so the Iowa State program offers um, a schedule in such a way that's really uh, flexible for professionals. Classes tend to be at night, weekends. Um, you can take online classes. So it was really um, beneficial, you know, to me to do that professional program mm -hmm. um, instead of going at it full time. Very good. So then I know you mentioned that you have season tickets in both uh, football and men's basketball, if I I'm correct. I do. Yeah. Yep. So then uh, I must ask, what are your feelings or, or your thoughts <laughs> on the uh, basketball team as of late? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, it's it's tough to see the guys struggle. You know, I know they just lost to Texas this weekend and, um, you know, we've had some ups, we've had some downs. I think, you know, being a cyclone, we always stay humble. Um, we don't expect too much, but we're always happy for the guys no matter what. And I think they play played really hard. And, um, you know, I think better than anybody, cyclones know that anything's possible. And, you know, we have a tough conference. And I think coming up with the Big 12 tournament, there's not a clear team at the top. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens. And and then, you know, we go into March Madness and it gets even crazier from there. Definitely. And I think, you know, we've, we've heard a lot about Team A versus Team B from uh, yeah. Coach Prome recently. Right. So I think if Team A starts finally showing up again, then they could, they could make some noise for That's sure. That's right. That's right. You know, and I mean, we're pretty healthy right now, like definitely earlier in the season. That was tough because we didn't have all our guys, you know, up at the line. So, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see what we can pull off. Yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully Nick Waller-Babs' knee uh, ends up healing all right. Mm -hmm. And then Cam Lard obviously gets right. back from suspension, yeah. but Man, definitely. I know those ESPN announcers were just ragging on him. They yesterday. were. And I, 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 if, I'm not so if I'm not mistaken, we're recording this Monday. I, I think Jerry just released a, uh, an article on uh, one of the ESPN announcers that oh, yeah. kind of trashed on him a little bit. but. Yeah. On the, on the other hand, it was a little bit warranted, too. I think they've they've been, not been playing up to their potential lately. No, I agree. So, I agree with that. Um, so, again, you've been to your fair share of our Iowa State games, and I'm sure you went to a lot as a student, too. Mm -hmm. um, are there any favorite games that stand out in your memory that you've been in attendance for? Oh, man, yeah. I mean, we were at the Okie State game, you know, for football when we beat them. Gosh, that's been a while. Was that? 2011. 2011. I know. Wow, that's funny. So it's weird because that's almost a decade ago now. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, that's. That's been a long time. Um, you know, we traveled down to the tournament. We went to the to the basketball tournament when we won the back-to-back -back championship. So I don't know that it gets much better than that. Yeah. Um, we've gone down to some bowl games, both the first one in Memphis and then this last one here in San Antonio. And those were kind of a bummer, but, you know, good time nonetheless. Definitely. Hopefully we can add a, a Final Four or something like that to our bucket list hey, sometime soon. Hey, that would be awesome. I that mean, would. going going to Minneapolis here, this year, that would be pretty ideal as right. far as Iowa State's concerned. I know. I'd like them to be in Des Moines. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That would, you know, do the Des Moines, Kansas City into, into Minneapolis would right. be perfect. Right. Um, so I guess, yeah, to close it out, usually we ask uh, any of our guests, uh, if you had to pick one pick of it, one piece of advice for a young professional early in their career, what would it be? Yeah, um, so that's a great question. You know, I think I would say take advantage of the opportunities that come before you, you know, even if they're a little bit scary. Um, I was really fortunate during my time as a young professional um, at Iowa State and currently to have a really supportive work environment that enabled me to participate in some of these development opportunities, such as pursuing my MBA. Um, you know, and I know it sounds a little cliche. People always talk about find your passion. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know that I found my passion per se, but 
What I do know is I think it's important to find or identify what you value. And for me, that's been learning, which I know we just got done talking about how I didn't particularly care for school when I was <laughs> younger, but I really do like learning. I like challenging myself, um, learning new things. And so, you know, um, I think that's that's something for people to to find is what do you value and then just pursue that, whether it be with, you know, your education or work or what have you. And, um, you know, everyone's got to figure out their own path. Absolutely. Totally well said. All right. Um, well, I believe that's it uh, for today. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to say uh, regarding Iowa State? Um, any before you before you take off, I guess. Nothing so serious, but you know, I just saw that Royce White is is uh, in getting into, in going into MMA. MMA, right? exactly. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny, but I wouldn't lie. If he showed up on an undercard, that'd be that might be worth buying, in yeah, my opinion, just yeah, to check know. it out. I mean, he's kind of a big guy. So he is, yeah. We'll see. Seems we'll like see a solidly built, do. solidly built dude for yeah, sure. Yeah. So we wish him good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on the uh, Stains and Fits pod today. Uh, it's definitely been some a, a good conversation. So Definitely. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, no problem. All right, so we will uh, go to break, and we'll be right back after uh, the break on Stains and Fits. Hey, guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers, and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time, and I went to Ames Eye Care, and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care, and you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Hey guys, it's Jared here with another message from Mechdyne. Are you looking to jumpstart your IT career? Or maybe you're a student looking to earn some extra cash? Well, listen up. Mechdyne is currently looking to hire both full-time and part-time IT help desk agents to respond to and help troubleshoot client IT technical issues. You can get your foot in the door at an awesome company with a super fun culture that I've seen firsthand with my own eyes. So go visit the career page at mechdyne.com. That's M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. Check them out today. Welcome back inside the Carl Chevrolet studios in Ankeny, the Cyclone Fanatic offices, stands and fits, presented by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business. Are you going to make any more stupid jokes about hooked? Maybe. I can't, I can't uh, confirm nor deny. Where do you want to start with this game? Um, I mean, it's a tough one because I, I, th- I feel like in many of the past losses, there was something that you could really point at and feel like, wow, they did that especially bad, and that's why they lost the game. But I just felt like that game in Austin was just so overwhelmingly bad in many areas. <laughs> They were just so terrible on every part of the game. That it it's was. like the basically the analysis is they were bad. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And yeah. The, the concerning thing is it's March now. Now is when it the is team, March. Now is when the team. This is March. Is not supposed to be doing that. Yeah. See, here, here's where I'll go with this. What I felt like was concerning was that you come out, you start the game well. You're up, what, 16 to 7. 2016 at the under eight timeout and then it was like the wheels just completely fell off in every facet of the game Mm -hmm. you know uh jace febris 
got open time and time again. Jace Rivers hit seven threes against Baylor on Wednesday. And yeah. yet the guy continued to get wide open and knock down every shot that he took, it seemed like. And if I'm not mistaken, Iowa State players said that he was the shooter on the scouting report. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. They, fully, they were fully aware of what he could do. See, and that's what bothered me. And I even said this on the instant reaction. I was like, what bothers me is that you hear these guys say, oh, well, we knew Jace Febris was the shooter. Well, then do something about it. Why? Okay, then, yeah. Why, why was he allowed to get open so many, op- like, so many times? Mm-hmm. What, why were you not getting a hand in his face and all this kind of stuff? And I'll give him, you know, I'll cut him some slack on, on one thing. I mean, Courtney Ramey hasn't shot the ball. Yeah. He's shot the ball pretty well the last couple games. Yeah. But it's like for him to be shooting like that, you know, some of those pull-ups and stuff like that that he was hitting. All right. Some of those you, you can't know, really guard. Right. You know, whatever. Like, cool. But there's other aspects of it where you're just like, man, like you guys are not dialed in, you know, yep. and you're not going to win on the road in the Big 12 if you're not dialed in. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact, and this is something that I think we've talked about a lot. I know I've talked about it with Bloom on the radio show. I think you and I have talked about it as well. It is, it is annoying to see how much of an impact their ability to make shots impacts everything else how much it impacts everything else 100 where if they're not hitting shots all of a sudden everybody starts to do their little hero ball thing and they're just dribbling the ball around it's like well these guys aren't gonna make any shots i'm gonna make one yep. and then they turn it over or you know you stand around until there's two seconds on the shot clock and you got to throw the ball up at the rim yeah. or uh or everybody starts to pout and they go down to the other end on the defensive end and then you start losing the guys that are the shooters and that's what bothers me about it. And that's why you hear Chris Patola after the game come on and say that they're soft. Mm-hmm. They're not. I don't think that they're necessarily soft in the sense that they don't want to get physical with people. I think that they're soft on the mental side of things Yeah, to an extent where if things aren't going their way, it, and it's not just any one person. I think there's multiple people where if things aren't going their way, they just fold and take their ball and go home exactly. and say, all right, well, I don't care anymore. It's not the kind of thing where they, they realize they're missing shots on offense and they're like, oh, well, guys, tonight we're going to have to make up for it. We're going to have to play some really solid defense. Right. It's the opposite. You yeah. Know, they kind of they beat themselves up and get down the dumps. and It's, it's a snowball from there. And you're not going to win like that. Yeah. Like you're not going to win at a high level in college basketball if, if that's the mentality. Mm. And it's, it's unfortunate. It's the same thing that it went back to from the rant that I went on two weeks ago. You're not going to win in Division One college basketball with that kind of mentality. And that's it goes into that same thing where I wish there was one person that could say, quit pouting and go do your job. Yep. And don't, like, there's no point in pouting, mm-hmm. you know? Forget about it. Forget about that shot. Forget about whatever. Forget about the time you got beat on defense. Don't let it affect the next one. Exactly. And there's too many times where this with this team, there's it. You never have that. You never have a moment. Like there's too many times where you can see somebody's thinking about something else, mm-hmm. and that's why they end up getting beat time and time and time again. Yep. And that's what that's what's so annoying about it. So you, as you go back, you go back to all the same thing. You can see all the talent. You know that these guys as individual pieces are all really good. At what point are they going to come together? Who's going to get them to come together? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you probably can put some of that on the coach. Mm-hmm. you know definitely and i don't know but at the same time what's matt campbell's thing 
player-driven leadership. Mm-hmm. At some point, it comes down to somebody on the team saying, yo, this isn't acceptable. Yep. And as of right now, nobody's done it. And I thought that somebody was going to do it after the game on Monday mm-hmm. when Mariel Shayok comes in and says how he had an epiphany and all this different kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure didn't look like it on Saturday. Yeah. It's almost the kind of thing, if you, if you had to decide uh, what end of the floor Iowa State, obviously they, they've struggled on both ends of the floor. Uh-huh. But if you had to, you know, if you were the coach, be like, come on, guys, we're going to pick it up on this side of the floor. We're going to do these things better. And that's going to lead to everything being better. Would you focus on offense or would you focus on defense with this team? Man, I'd focus on the defense mm-hmm. because there, you know you've got the individual talent on offense. Yeah. You have, you, have, you have enough talent on offense where you shouldn't be able to have a, a mediocre or slightly under average night and still get a lot of wins. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying that if your defense can just be like, you just got to be good enough. Yeah. You've got the talent on offense. You just got to be good enough. Mm-hmm. And there's too many times when they're not good enough. Not near good enough. Not near good enough. Where when you're, it goes back to the same thing. You leave Jace Fabris open time and time again. You're leaving Elijah Mitru Long open. You're getting beat off the dribble. Like, mm-hmm. Give enough offensive rebounds. They're not, they're just, it, it, that's just where you're not focused. How do you not get focused? Mm-hmm. You know? And that, that's what's so annoying about it. Mm-hmm. Is it's just like, yo, dial in. Yeah. Lock in. And now I, I do wonder if some of that is because now that they're technically out of the Big 12 title race or, you know, unless a huge miracle happens, I don't know how, I don't know what the, no, I don't think it's even possible. No. Anyway. In their minds, these last few conference games might not actually matter that much. Then that's a losing mentality. I agree. I'm with you. I'm just thinking like if, that, like if, if that's if the that's, case, if that's the opinion they hold, that might be why we see lack of focus. You know why I, I think that that situation where you're out of the Big 12 race, that should have been a refocuser mm-hmm. where it's like, all right, we don't have that pressure anymore. Mm-hmm. Now we can kind of reset here. Yeah. And we can re, you know, you can modify the goals. And the thing and is, it's like now the goal is to be playing our best at the end of March as yeah. much as it is like to just go and win the Big 12. People in that locker room also have to be aware, though, too. If Iowa State, even if they didn't win the Big 12, like they can still play themselves into Des Moines in the postseason. Had they, well, they're not now. Well, not now. But I'm saying like there was a point when they were still losing games where they could have kept on winning, gotten a three or four seed, you know, in mm-hmm. Des Moines, not having to go anywhere, get a home crowd for the NCAAs. Could have been a lot better. But now... Now we're on the outside looking in as far as that's concerned. So, yeah, it just it it doesn't make that much sense to me where some of their problems are, mm. and it just doesn't seem like there's any lack of ur- or like sense of urgency. Dare I say it? This is going to be an interesting comparison, but it just kind of popped in my head. Iowa State is much more talented. But you think about Iowa basketball in recent years where uh-huh. they kind of, you know, fall apart and they supposedly had team chemistry issues. This is kind of what Iowa basketball has looked at, looked like at some points. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Like they, they get to the postseason or, you know, on the cusp of it. They're not playing that great. They kind of limp in, but they get just in good enough. And then they just fizzle out just because the chemistry is not that good. They're not playing that well. And then, yeah, and I think, I don't know how deep into this I want to go. You and I were having a conversation off the podcast mm-hmm. that maybe after the season, we'll revisit. We'll revisit. Uh, I don't know that it, I just don't think it would be appropriate to do it right now. I, I agree with you. Um, but I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't look 
something doesn't seem right. There are times when how much do you think it looks like these guys like each other? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I and I I hate to say that cuz then I don't I'm not saying that they don't they think they're bad guys or like they they like hate each other. Mm. But just watch the way they interact with each other on the floor sometimes. You know? Yep. Or maybe the way that some of them individually interact with each other. Mm. Doesn't look like a guy like a cohesive unit to me. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't look And like- I hate to make that I hate to say that because I mean they're they're kids and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But it, it that they don't look like a bunch of guys that love playing basketball to, with each other sometimes. I I'm totally with you, dude. And that's the concerning thing. And you know, people might get mad at you or both of us for saying that, but I don't think I think it's calling, a fair criticism. We're just calling it like we see it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it's a fair criticism. I I mean, and again, and I don't know who that's on. In all these in all the I have some ideas, but in all the criticism, if if someone on the team were to hear that, then just go out and prove us wrong, you know? Right. Exactly. And then, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, if anybody hears that and they're like, man, they think we don't like each other. What have you done to prove us wrong right now? Yeah. You know, it's like, even when things go well, it feels like it's more about individual I, I, people. I, I did something good. If individual people than it is about yeah. what the entire team did as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, I don't know. There's something about the team that I get what you're saying. Yeah. It feels like things have gone nuclear, nuclear to some standpoint. And, you know, I've kind of made this observation elsewhere too, but there, if you think about it, I, while Iowa State does have some experience, there's not that much experience on this team that is winning experience. Yeah. You've got Shayok, who came from Virginia. Obviously, he's got a ton of experience from there. Nick Wilder-Babb was on a couple of good teams his, his first year at Iowa State or, you know, first year or a year and a half whatever it was that yeah, was really just the first year yeah first well, and then year. he was, well, he was, I mean, he was a out. team yeah he was a squad member i yeah. guess when so he's a member of the of the of the last uh monte year yeah but anywho everyone else has either played on a bad iowa state team or played somewhere else not at a high level well yeah they've been in high school <laughs> yeah well I mean, that's what i'm saying yeah it's like some like you could or yeah. michael jacobson was at nebraska and they sucked too exactly so other college programs that aren't very good, high school or a bad Iowa State team is what everyone else is coming from. And this goes back to where I think this will make for an interesting what if question eventually. And like I said, I, I hate to bring it up because I don't, I don't want to talk about it right now. It's, I don't think that it's appropriate time to talk about it. But I do think that eventually this will be a what if type season for mm-hmm. Iowa State. And I think that there is one interesting what if that could be in play that will be interesting to talk about down the road. Yep. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? What do you think about Wednesday night in Morgantown? Um, I, I do think they'll, they'll win that game just because West Virginia is so bad. Yeah, it, you got to win it, that one. It will officially be hit all the panic buttons time if they lose that game. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know Kansas lost there early in the year, but that was before West Virginia had a little bit more attrition. And, you know. But yeah, that was before Bob Huggins kicked everybody off the team. Exactly. So losing that game would be major panic button time. You think they can win Saturday? I'm beginning to think that Texas Tech's going to come in and beat some booty, unfortunately. Man, I think Texas Tech might go to the Final Four, dude. They're, they're really coming into their own right Who'd now. Who'd they play on Saturday? Played uh, Baylor? No, no, no. Baylor played Kansas State. Man, I'm starting to think they could go to the Final Four, too. Kansas State? Yeah, I know yeah. they lost to Kansas on Monday, but... They're, they're very good, too. Yeah. And yeah. Or what? Damn, that was two, months, two Mondays ago, wasn't it? Yeah. 
But I mean, that was that was a team that you used as the example of they always play tough and they're they they have a lot of dudes who just go out there and want to win, you know? Yeah. Believe me, that's all I was thinking about on Saturday night watching them play Baylor. And of all the teams in the Big 12, I would say that both Kansas State and Texas Tech embody that spirit. Yeah. This year, at least. Do you think Kansas does? Um, I don't. I, I think they've got some guys that maybe do. Not as much as K-State and Tech. No. And it's, I think there was a lot of years where you could pretty clearly see that they did embody mm-hmm. that on some level. Or they were just so freaking talented that it didn't matter. Yeah. You know? And... But I think, too, like, that's why they've gotten beaten the tournament sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, where they, they still don't have that yeah. to an extent. They, they, they try to skate by on talent. Yeah. It's, some, it's similar, to, but on a different level of what Iowa State's kind of going through this year. Yeah. The, every year that happens where there's one team that isn't as talented as all the other ones. I mean, think about how many different – we pointed out Loyola two weeks ago. Mm. Think about the Butler teams. Like, even the one – the second one especially. VCU. The VCU team, yeah. I mean, there's been a bunch of them that you look at and it's like, they were not near as talented as anybody, but man, they were tough as hell. They are n- nails. Yeah. You know, that Kemba team with UConn, that team, those guys were just yeah. tougher than hell, man. Yep. And like, sometimes that's just... That's all you need. That can, that can win you a lot of basketball games. Especially in March. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully... uh Things will come together here in the last week. And again, like I said, off the air, once the games start counting and Iowa State realizes that it's winner go home time, hopefully that's what it finally takes to get them all to focus and play as a unit. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, whenever we're back here next week, probably have to record on Monday again mm. uh, before I head down to Kansas City. Sounds good. Um, and then hopefully I'll be there for a while. I hope you are as well. Hopefully you stay. Far, far away from here. And enjoy a few basketball wins. That would be nice. That would uh, definitely be nice. All right. I'll talk to you then. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, thanks again to uh, Mackenzie Heddens for coming in here and talking with Fitzy about the Ivy College business at Iowa State. Uh, thanks to Carl Chevrolet. Talk to you guys again soon. Beating the Mountaineers. Peace. <laughs>